Blog Talk Radio. com forward slash video lessons. Thank you for joining me. I want to tell you that I am so uh, honored and thrilled by everyone's participation in the Zohar 15. We average about 1,000 to 1,200 listeners per each one of the shows. And again, thank you so much. This week, we're going to be talking about living right during times of unright. I couldn't come up with a good title, so that's the one that I went with. Living right during times of unright. Uh, we'll be in Zohar, volume 15, section Tazri, chapter 17, and verse 79. If you're following along in your Zohar, <laughs> some of you could be, uh, you'll find it on page 53. It starts out with a narrative about a father named Rabbi Sabah, and his son is telling his uh, other rabbis he's traveling with about what his father had to say. Right now, we live in a politically charged environment. Right now, as we're speaking this day, you know, here it is. It's uh, November uh, 15th. Uh, a few days have gone by since the presidential election. And uh, being a social media guy, looking at Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and all the different medias available, lots of conversation about this, uh, about the presidential election. And people uh, that I'm listening to, people that I'm reading about, they're they're either no one's just okay with it. They're either like really happy and this is a static moment, or they're really upset. And, and uh, there are people out there who believe that our current sitting president is a Muslim. He, he's the Antichrist, and that's you know I can kind of understand that. I've gotten that response before. Other people say that the reason why the election turned out the way that it turned out was not enough Christians voted. That's interesting because. And again, I'm not into politics. We're just talking out loud for a few minutes. Um, a lot of people say, well, Christians didn't come out to vote. And some of the exit polls that I read, the lowest number I saw of an exit poll was 69% of the people that were being polled after voting said they were Christians, identified themselves as Christians. And 78% was the high number. It doesn't seem like that entirely might be it. Now, some say that too many blacks voted. Some say too many whites voted. If more whites would have voted, it would have been different. If less blacks would have voted, it would have been different. Um, but the prevailing attitude, the prevailing attitude that we're seeing right now in our country is that evil now controls the country, that evil now runs the show. Evil now is making all of the uh, calls in our country. Spiritually speaking, Spiritually speaking, this last past election has been a, a weapon of mass distraction. We have people now that don't like each other, that were fine with each other before the election took place. And again, this is not about politics. Just stay with me for a minute. But they really believe. There, there are people that are, I, I don't know if they're signing the petitions or going online or not. It's happening, but they're saying, we want to succeed from the union. We want our state to be its own state. We want to pull out of this whole mess because evil has taken the access of evil, all these evil remarks. 
You see, folks, the work that we have to do here as disciples of Jesus, uh, is for my Jewish brethren, for all the different uh, people that are really trying to achieve them, the work that we have to do here never changed, and it's not based on any election or any outcome of any election. It's not based on who's sitting in the White House. It's about where is your attention in your own house. The poor, the needy, the disenfranchised, the people without a voice, they still need us to answer the call, even though maybe your guy, my guy, whoever's guy didn't get elected. They still need us to to step to the plate and do what we're here to do. And I want to review that really quickly. Understand that you're not here just to get saved and just to get eternal fire insurance. You're not just here to, okay, I believe in Jesus or whatever it is you, your, your task may be. And by doing that, well, I'm off the hook now. I'll just be a nice guy. I'll buy brooms for the blind. I'll do all those kinds of things. And as I'm doing those things, God will be satisfied with me and I'll die and I'll go to heaven because of everything that Jesus did for me. I'm not arguing the covenant that Jesus made with the New Testament believers. What I'm saying is you're not just here just so you can make it until you die. You're here to participate in the greatest mission known to mankind, and that is not understanding a woman. The greatest mission known to mankind is joining God and repairing the world to Kum Alam. If you listen to Rabbi Hillbrand's Torah Treasure show about a half an hour ago, he talked about how we're here to assist in repairing this world. And just because that guy didn't get elected doesn't mean it's the end of this world. People say, well, this evil this and evil that. We're going to talk about evil for just a minute. I want to read to you our portion from the Zohar. Moreover, there is a just man who perishes in his righteousness. Because when there are many wicked people in the world and punishment is suspended, there is a just man who perishes in his righteousness. Because he is punished for their sins like my father, speaking of Rabbi Sabah, may his name of blessed memory, my, 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 he is punished for the sins like my father, who is punished for the sins of his townspeople, who are all these people were impudent. But he never admonished them or put them to shame. He stopped us from reproaching the wicked. He used to say to us from King David, fret not yourself because of evildoers, nor be envious against the workers of iniquity. Psalms 37.1 His father said, surely the Holy One blessed be he punished me this way because I could have complained against him, but I did not. I did not put them to shame, neither secretly or openly. You know, because we make right choices, people say this a lot. I say, you know, Dave, I'm making the right kinds of choices in my life. I'm doing the right kinds of things in my life. Well, just because you make right choices doesn't mean that there's going to be less evil in the world. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be like, oh, way to go, buddy, way to go. Let me tell you how stupid that is. Being upset with evil people doing evil and you're making the right choices, and you can't figure out why these things are happening, is exactly like you got an angry, charging bull. He's running after you, and he's going to stomp you over and kill you. And you're like, wait a minute. Why is he mad at me? I'm a vegetarian. It doesn't matter to an angry bull that you're a vegetarian. He's going to do bull things. It doesn't matter to evil that you do the right thing. It's going to do evil things. We're going to take a quick commercial timeout, and I'll be right back. Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. 
My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. And we're back. We'll always be affected. We'll always be affected by the actions of the world and the people around us, whether those actions are positive actions or whether those actions are negative actions. We'll always be affected by those actions. I want to tell you a quick story about what I mean about that. A few weeks ago, one of my coworkers at my work, he had a little set of flowers that had been sent to him by his wife. It was their anniversary. And, of course, you know that us being guys, of course, we didn't pick on him at all about him getting flowers from his wife for their anniversary. And I said, we were talking and laughing and, you know, poking fun at him. It was all in good humor. And I said to him, I said, so what are you going to get her? He says, well, he says, right now, he says, we're, I don't know where she got the money. We're a little run down and I don't have anything to get her. So, well, we thought about it for a little bit. I said, hey, listen, do me a favor. Why don't you go walk for me over to the store? I need to pick up a couple things. So we walked over to the store talking about work and some different things. And then we walked in and walked all, walked him straight in the back. And we got a little, got a little bouquet of flowers. I haven't said anything to him. We're still talking about work at this point. And we, and we walk out front. And I pay for him. And we walk outside. We get about ten steps outside of the thing. I turn to him and I hand him the flowers. Say, hey, look, don't tell your wife these are from me. They're from you. And that was what we did. And it was really weird to be standing outside of a supermarket handing a set of flowers to another guy. Don't know what people around us thought. Don't really care. But the point was that action there. It was $6. It was $6. But that action there, what it does is it hands that positive action over to him, and he takes that positive action and hands it over. I've never met his wife. Hands it over to his wife, and it begins to move. That's how the positive actions, negative actions work the same way. Now, we can participate in voting all day long. I stand for this. I stand for this. I stand against this. But we cannot control the outcomes. And I think that's where Christianity's frustration is today. I think they're really thinking that in, in their mind, they're saying, we can go outvote evil. There is no outvoting evil. As a matter of fact, evil is here for a purpose. What we can control is our reactionary attitudes towards the outcomes. How should we respond? Rabbi Salah tells his children, raises his sons, never put the unrighteous to shame. Never put them to shame. Psalm says, don't fret. Don't fret about the evildoers. Don't be envious or jealous of their temporary fulfillment. I mean, you look at some people's lives, and you see the way they're living, and you think to yourself, how can they get away with this? How can they have such a great life like this? How can it be so perfect for them? First of all, we never really know what it's like to be anyone else or what anyone else goes through. We can only see it from the outside, from our own ideas. Evil in this world... It's not just here to be evil. It has another purpose. And I want to tell you what that is, and this is very difficult for people. Have you ever considered the idea that evil could be here in this world to help us, to assist us in our own correction? You, the Apostle Paul writes, those that were dead, dead in your trespasses and sins are now made alive. You could never experience being alive in the covenant of Jesus. You could never experience being alive or resurrected. 
from your past life unless you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Evil, what, what was evil in your life has been translated to good. What was negative in your life has been translated to uh, positive. What was dark in your life has been translated to light. And how this occurs is because you had connection with it. How can we experience the goodness of the light of the Creator? Unless we've experienced darkness. Let me say that again. How could we? How could we experience the light of the Creator unless we've experienced the darkness? What transformation would take place? What would we experience if we didn't have a war with our evil inclination? You know, it's interesting that Rabbi Sabah says, son says that my father, he never put down the, the evil evil people. He never called them out openly. He never called them out secretly. He realized that they were there to serve two purposes. One, to assist him in his transformation. Have you ever run into somebody or, or a person at your work or maybe in your family that makes you insane and, and every time you're around them you want to throttle them? Have you ever thought that person's in your life to show you where your problem is? Why are they bothering you so much? Why are they controlling the decisions that you make and the way you feel about them? Sometimes to allow us the opportunity to transform. And we would never be able to experience that transformation unless we were able to resist the evil inclination. We are here to have a peaceful and gracious life. We're here to live a peaceful and gracious life in our community that attracts others to see why we live this way. You know, as I'm teaching this lesson, as I'm telling you about a very unique situation that's occurring in my life right now and the lives of some deep friends, and it's a sad situation because there's going to be a lot of loss involved. And a lot of people are angry about what's happening, and I can understand that. But for those that are out there that are listening to have ears to hear what I'm saying, understand that even this moment when we broke the rules of our covenant and broke the rules of our community and made a building more important than our people, this is still an experience that God can use and that God can take and that he can use in a mighty way for our transformation and correction. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me on the Zohar in 15. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.